you need to have the confidence with what you say to give people faith that they've got a safe place to operate in. This is the Insurance Technology Podcast, where we bring interesting people from across the insurance ecosystem to discuss and debate technology's impact on the industry. Join us each episode for insights and best practices from industry stewards and tomorrow's innovators. Now, here's your host, Reed Holsworth. Welcome to the Insurance Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Reed Holsworth. Well, we're back with Luke Magnan. In this episode, we're going to get into a bunch about leadership and also how Luke and his company gives back. Really, really good stuff. Stay tuned. You're going to love it. If you could change one thing in the insurance industry, what would you change? Yeah. I, I mean, look, I would, I would want the industry in the States to do more cooperating. I, I think that insurers need to cooperate with one another where it yeah. makes sense. And I, I'm not going to talk about the business side of that, although I think there's an argument there. But like, even on the technology side, we need to do a better job coming together, making standards, um, you know, adopting each other's APIs. Like, like we just have to start working together. You, you know, Reed, your, your company, Ivan's, right? The greatest story of, you know, cooperation in the world. They did something so revolutionary with SEMC so much earlier than anyone could have imagined. I think we need more things like that. And I'd like to see that change, like, especially for technology, where so much of it, like I said, it's just a commodity. It's a necessary evil. Let's come together and figure out the best ways to do this. And that's what I would ask. Well, there are organizations out there. I'm not going to name names and I'm kind of laughing. They say there are organizations out there that have been around for a very long time that should be doing this type of stuff, but really don't. Well, I know exactly who we're talking about, and I want to name names, but we won't. They, they boggle my mind. Yeah, okay, we, let's leave it at that. You, I could not agree with you more. Right? But I, I feel like, to, to your point, I would agree with you there. I don't know if that's the one thing that I would change, but I think that this industry does need that once again. And it, it needs to be in, an, in a modern environment. You know, new crew, new leadership. It's just different, I think. You, you it's a different London. world. And, and again, I, I spend time working for this company out of London. You know, you look at how that industry competes and yet co collaborates. And look, they got their own issues with the London market over there. But like, I don't know how we're as as risk becomes more and more complicated. Cyber is a perfect example. As things start spiraling without some yeah. level of industry cooperation, I don't know how we're ever going to retain the hard to insure stuff versus it going over to London. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Any advice you have for entrepreneurs coming into our industry? The insurance yeah, industry? I, I mentioned this, uh, maybe I hinted at it. I think that you need to spend time understanding the industry, right? I think that I, I bet that six months as an underwriting assistant would be the most valuable education you could possibly oh, get to, to be doing this. Right? I think that time really getting deep in the industry and, you know, if you're going to come in and say, oh, I'm going to be like a renter's insurance guy, or maybe you don't need it. But but I think that understanding the more complicated things is the most important. What does being a leader mean to you? Yeah, yeah. I saw this on, on a list and I gave it some thought. So I think that for me, I, I'll tell you, I think that I'm like a reasonably okay leader, but I know that I'm a terrible manager. So I had to think about a little bit, like, what does that mean to me? I think being a leader is able to, is so, a good leader is someone 
who can infect the people below them with their vision. Like if I've, like I got developers below me, like I don't need to tell them how to code or I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, be better at coding. But if I do a good enough job saying about how important it is to make, you know, customers happy or to always keep this in mind, you know, at a, at a relationship level, if, if just by being in conversation with me, I can instill that in them as a core part of what we're doing. Like, like that's a leader. It's, it's about not just communicating, but really like passing down the things that I'm passionate about to the, the organization below me. That, that's what I think a, a good leader is. Vision casting, rallying the troops, essentially. Yeah. But not troops yep. in a, like a military kind of way. Um, no. because, because you could argue that's leadership, but it's different. It's different. Um, those are just subordinates. It's, yeah. um, it's different. Yeah, um, I give very few like like prescriptive like direction or orders, right? Like I don't know that there's other people who are better at that than me. It's about like if, if it's not if I'm not telling people what to do, I hope that I'm giving them a foundation for how they should do it. And that to me is it, sort of like what a leader is like what they should be considering, what should be important to them while they're doing it. And and that's what I think a, a leader is. Are you a leader, Luke? Do you really yeah. truly consider yourself a leader? Uh, I, I would this. I I asked. So this is a little bit of load. I, I asked this because, frankly, okay. myself, I'm, I'll speak for myself. I just yeah. realized not that long ago, like truly deep at my core, realized that I am a leader. And it took me a really long time to understand that because I, I've spent most of my career just doing what I do and ma- you know managing people and the whole nine. And I, I was leading. I've always been a leader, but I never really like. I don't know, maybe it's a self-esteem thing. I don't know what it is, but like I never really truly saw myself as a leader and, and I do now. Um, yeah, do you- I will tell you, I do, I do think that I'm a leader, but I, I'll tell you how I see it. So we've got three offices, you know, here in Hartford, Connecticut, our US people are based around. We got an office in Montevideo, Uruguay and in Tbilisi, Georgia and, and Belgrade, Serbia now. When I am here in Hartford with the people that I interact with all the time, I rarely feel like a leader, right? I, I, you know what? I feel like a bad leader, like, like sometimes almost a little negative. It's, it's when I get out to like the offices with people that, I, that aren't so much in the orbit of my day to day, where like they are saying things back to me where I'm like, yes, this person's so smart. And I'm like, or is like what I'm doing, like cascading down to a level where that's coming. That, that's when I feel like yeah. I'm a leader. So I guess it depends on the day, right? Like today with here, like everyone's going to, you know, be frustrated with me for a hundred different reasons when I blow off meetings or whatever. I won't feel great. But I do think that that at some level, what I, my vision is shaping organizational behavior at all levels. And when I do see yeah. that, I feel pretty good about myself, I guess. I think for the listeners, you know, leadership is so much bigger even than just in the workplace. I think, you know, as, as a leader, people... You don't have to necessarily be in a leadership position per se within an organization to still be a leader. Um, you can be the leader of your pack at home. Sure. I mean, there's so many, so many ways to to look at that. But um, no, that's that's really good. So, um, what do you think is most the most important trait a leader should have? Yeah. Um. Man, I gotta say, and maybe this is just because it's it's a trait people ascribe to me often negatively. Uh, I think that it's confidence. I think that yeah. you don't always have to be right, and you don't always have to be the most cogent, but you have to be confident. People people are coming to work, right? Like I am not, and maybe this is just like a from a professional perspective. 
nobody's life depends on me, but like their paychecks do, their careers do. And I think that yeah. you need to have the confidence with what you say to give people faith that they've got a safe place to operate in, right? I think that if you're not confident, that's what makes people get a little squirrely when you're going over a little bit of speed bump, you know, bumpy terrain. And they're like, I don't know about it. I think being confident in what you're saying and, and having whatever's required inside of you to be confident, like I've thought through this enough, I'm there. That confidence, I think, is probably, I, I don't know how you could be a leader without it, quite honestly. So how do you define success, Luke? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it's not, I think there was a, a big time in my life where it was like the things I had or the things that I could do. I don't think that's what it yeah. is anymore. I think it's, it's, it's the level of enjoyment that I can pull from my life measured against the level of stress and anxiety and unhappiness I, I have in my life. Like as long as I'm in the positive there, I, I think that that's successful. Yeah. So look at, listen, good times, bad times, owning your own company. But like, it just gives me such flexibility to focus on what I want to focus on in life and to make my own decisions. And I think that that's the bigger part of what defines success for me than anything else. What do you do for fun right now? Oh, yeah. So um, uh, I'm, I'm really into photography. Uh, I, I, I'm like a, a real avid, passionate photographer. Um, Are you like the guy with all the like, camera and all the things, all the lenses and stuff, or like wow, iPhone I photography? Oh, no, no, no. Look at camera. But like, like the douchiest, most hard to use camera. Uh, I'm like a Leica camera guy for anyone that knows. Uh, no, yeah, a camera with the lenses, but but small and a st unreasonably hard to use uh, successfully for no apparent upside, just just for the benefits of it. But no, I'm, I'm into photography. Uh, I'm a, a bicyclist, although I think that I'm pretty much done for the season here. Um, I still play video games. I'm a, I, I play... I, Dungeons and Dragons guy, like, you know, a lot of nerdy sort of pursuits. I, I'm still there. Um, yeah, I'm very involved in watching youth sports right now. I don't know that that's oh, yeah. a hobby, but it is something that eats up a lot of my time. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, it's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you could, if you had all the time in the world, what would you be spending your time doing? Yeah. So I've got a place... I got a place out in, out in Maine and it's uh, on the coast, but not the good, not the fancy part of the coast. Like it is way down east, like, like so far away. And uh, in that town, there's a bar and two restaurants and, and I've got my little place and I would be there. And what I would be doing is like a real question. Like, I don't know, maybe I get into ice fishing or, or, or maybe there, but like I would be away from everything and I would be living my life there. I, I really feel I'm a big reader. Uh, nothing of any interest, like like spaceships and, and wizards. But um, I feel like I have a book in me, not to publish or anything, but I do feel like I got a book in me. Maybe I would write, but I know that somebody on the last uh, podcast said that same thing. So uh, I don't want to leave with that. How do you give back? Do you give back? And what does give yeah. back mean you? So I will tell you, when we first started this company, we very much wanted to be like one of these like socially responsible startup companies. Like we had, we, like we were going to give back, we were going to, we were going to involve things and, and not just like a, from a charitable giving perspective, but we wanted to do something more fundamental. But then the dollars and the reality of dollars and cents sort of catch up. And, and when you're trying to build something, it's easy to lose sight of that. But this year, we really, um, end of last year, this year, we were really doing sort of our first, um, sort of thing that I really consider giving back. Um, we're working with a 
not-for-profit organization to build out in a U.S.-based testing team um, with people with staffed by people with neurodivergence. I think that, like, for anyone that spent time anywhere, what, what does that know, mean? Say that again. What does that mean? With, neuro, with neuro neurodivergent, what? neurodivergent professionals, people with neuro, like like neurodivergent folks. Okay. Gotcha. Doing doing quality assurance testing. I think that quality assurance testing has become a commodity. I think that some big guys offshore do a lot of it. I wonder if anyone's really happy with that, but there's like such a, there's such a, there's something that comes together so well with, with people who could be very detail focused, that can get really deep in the weeds and have, you know, a, a personality that drives them towards a, a purity of a vision and like what's required from, from testing. I think that there's huge advantages also in having people onshore um, that, that are doing some of this testing as opposed to all of it being offshore. So that's one of the things we're doing. We're working with this not-for-profit organization, uh, bringing people in internally first in our organization. But starting this year, we're going to talk more about uh, offering it as a, as a practice out in insurance. We, we, we think that um, we think it's an interesting proposition, and we think that that's it would it. be an easy business case beyond the fact that you're doing more to, to, to you know, make this a career in our industry uh, more accessible to people with, you know, neurodivergence. That's super cool, man. That's, I could totally see that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really and we're great. Partnering. Yeah. Other people are smarter behind us, but we're the first yeah. ones in there. We, I want to be, you know, we're, we want to be the first people there. And, you know, I want to be a reference for something as opposed to needing other people to reference for me. I want to be the one saying, this is working great. This is a real, you know, something that really everyone should consider. So we're, we're very excited about it. And our partners were, that we're working with are really fantastic. That's awesome, man. All right, Luke. So what's your last question? What's mm. your favorite drink? And do you drink? I actually don't know. Do you oh. drink alcohol? Do you, do you oh, like yeah. to drink alcohol? Our so, office is what, right above a bar and, and and we're there quite often. I'm a beer guy. So uh, ah. the bar downstairs, it's a bar restaurant. I prefer to people think of it as a restaurant, but it's a bar too. Uh, they put on, um, they had heard that, that Mike and I, went to Oktoberfest as a, on a layover and they put on uh Hofbrau on tap and they've had it ever since for us. Oh, yeah. I would say a Hofbrau is my favorite drink in the entire world. It's predictable. I know exactly how to drink it and not get overly drunk. Tastes delicious. That's my drink. I, um, I here at the, in Milwaukee, we have a place called um, the old German beer hall um, in on old third street, Milwaukee. I'm part of the Stein Club, and it's a Hofbrau house. Um, oh, and we're, we're the, coming. All right. We'll talk about it afterwards. Check out your calendar. We're, we're going to do an in-person visit. Sold. The winner of the Stein Club every year, and that's the person who drinks the most Steins throughout the year, gets a free paid trip to Oktoberfest every year. And there is a dude, and he wins it every single year. Um, his name's JP. Um, if you're listening out there, you probably no way he's listening to this, but, um, <laughs> um, but anyways, the guy drinks like three steins, four steins on average a day of, of Hofbrau, like, okay. you know, full liters. Four oh, liters oh, oh I know. Oh, we made him by the liters every single day. Like, so, how is that possible? I don't know. And that's a big <laughs> pleasure. But I think that Mike and I could come out. We'll spend a few days. We could do some training for you, Reed. Like, we could really, I think, help you get to that next level when it comes to drinking leader I think steins. We do that. We should definitely do yeah. that. We, actually had, we had <laughs> combined ratio steins made for us by, by uh, a, a potter person. So we'll bring you one. 
We'll go down there and, and, and we'll work on it. So a little fact for people here in Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee, big beer culture here, a lot of Germans. Um, this is where Miller is from. This is where Schlitz is from. This is where Pabst is from. And then a million other microbrews that are out there. Um, but here um, in the parks, um, the county park system of Milwaukee um, actually allows you to drink beer in the park. And they have um, Hofbrau um, like um, taps, like literally they have like you can go get a brat, a hot dog and a stein while your kids are playing on the playground. Like, That's the real. greatest and thing it, I've ever heard. Awesome. Then they do like they have like polka bands and stuff and, you know, they do all kinds. Of, it's. It is so cool. And people that may be like, what do you mean? Like you're, all these people are drinking beers in the park. Like, I've never seen anybody like out of hand or anything. You know, everybody's just enjoying themselves, having a cold beer. It's amazing, man. You got to come out here in the summer. We'll go to Esterbrook Park, drink a Stein. You know, it's it's so good. It's so cool. Sign me up. Um, it sounds like cool heaven. Park. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Luke, thanks again, man. This is really awesome. Um, I'm sure the, the listeners will get a lot out of this podcast so uh thanks again for joining us man yeah no, really thank good. you so much for having me it was great all right so luke menman he was our first interview of 2024 and i think it went really well yeah i thought it went great luke's awesome you know i didn't like i said i, I didn't know luke until very recently he was a referral from um casey i yeah. think right Casey Kempton um, referred him over and Casey's awesome. We, we love Casey. And so um got on a call with the guy and I'm like, this guy really has got to, knows his shit. He, he's got it going on. And um, just love his attitude, his drive. I mean, he's apparent in, in the episode. I mean, he's done a lot of cool things. I, mean, I think one thing that we, we keep saying, and I know that it's like people listening are probably like broken record, but most of the people that we've had on, you have known through, you know, networking or through the industry. He's one of the newer yeah. people that we've been brought in, but but it is through your network that he was brought in. He continues that that common thread of just being an, a good person. And, you know, mm -hmm. where it became apparent to me was when he was like, I just want to provide value to my clients. And there's yeah. a lot of startups out there that kind of are in it to get bought, right? 100%. I mean, it's I loved all that, all that bootstrapping, because it's so rare these days. And, you know, what he says, like, look, I just want to drive value to my customers and, you know, we'll figure out the rest from there. And it's so true. And he's just doing it, like giving away software and the whole policy administration side that he wants to do and all of that. And I mean, just a good person and like how he gives back, like what? Like, that was awesome. Yeah. That was so awesome. Right. Right. Talk about that. I mean, you know, I mean, it was it was good. We should talk about it. Yeah. Like, so. You know, and we're going to talk about some of the the new questions that you, that we've added in for 24. But, you know, one of the questions that you had is how do you give back? And I was expecting him to talk about, you know, maybe volunteering or something that he personally does, but that their organization is working with a nonprofit to bring in people that have, you know, are, are neurodiverse. And there are so many positions within our industry that 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 part of our society would be really good at. And I just love that, that she's thinking about, you know, how she can bring, you know, more people within the community into this industry, you know, and I just think that, you know, you, you talk to people that are in the industry and they love it. So it's great that he's looking at ways to bring more people into this industry. Super cool. Like I did not expect that. Yeah. I mean, you know, for the listeners, 
So this year we're doing things a little different. Um, we're, we're adding in some additional questions because, you know, we really want to get to know people in that way. How do you give back? It's not all about making the coin and, you know, making sure all the investors and everybody around you is happy. It's, it's what are you doing in life um, to give back? And then another big one, which we should talk about, is all the leadership stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, these people, all these people that we've had on this podcast now are all leaders. All of you are li- that are listening are all leaders in certain ways. And so really digging that out um, and getting to know his leadership style, I think was really awesome. Just a really good, humble dude, you know? Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad that we added the leadership stuff in, you know, as you were saying, everybody that we have interviewed is either a founder or an executive at some level. So they are all leaders, but we never kind of, we dove into more of the, the industry side than we did into like, you know, how they work with, with other individuals. So I I think it's, again, it's bringing that personal piece, but I think it's also going to give a lot uh, more tools to our listeners because they're not only going to be learning about these different companies and these different technologies but we're also going to dive into like what makes people tick and what people should have in terms of of capabilities and thoughts around leadership. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it, it look, strategically, I think it makes a lot of sense too because it, it broadens um our audience, yeah. if you will. And it also gives like what we found is is when we do these the, these leaders of these organizations, they share it out and the people within the organization you know, they don't get to really know the founder or, you know, CEO, whatever mm-hmm. it is that that leader in that personal way. We've done that like, you know, it's kind of like painting the picture of who this person is, like, where are you from? Like, you know, how'd you grow up? What, what were you into? You start to like kind of like visualize like who this person was and how they were brought up. But it's but where we didn't go far enough in the past is really digging into that leadership style now. I mean, we just did another one. I'm not going to spoil it yet, but we went deep on leadership stuff. And the next one yeah. that's coming out, which was awesome. <laughs> so awesome. Um, and I think it's great. I think it's going to broaden the audience. Uh-huh. And, and so, you know, it's not just insurance technology and like kind of geeky stuff. It's like, let's get to know the people that are involved in this industry um, in that way. So, um, so that said, you know, if the listeners continue to like it, you know, we can even get people in that aren't really involved in insurance technology per se, but just in insurance in general. Yeah. You know, kind of on the leadership side. But we're playing around with the folks. Hey, we're, we're still figuring this out as we go. So, like, seriously, give us feedback. Please let us know. If you think that, you know, that sucks or, hey, maybe you should think about doing this or whatever. We don't care. We have thick skin. Like, we got to, you know, we want it to be the best it can be. Yeah. But I, I really liked it. Long story. I went off a tangent there. But it was it was really good. And it was awesome. Yeah. Um, with Luke. Yeah. And I think, you know, you we were talking about like getting to know people as people. And we talk all the time that this industry, yes, technology can make it better. But in the end, you're, it's people working with people. So it's great. All business you, is. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Literally. You could have the greatest yeah. technology, but it's all about the people, right? So. Well, I want to I want to say something about that real quick. Okay. I've seen so many really good, really smart, like technology solutions and fucking great stuff, but they weren't good leaders. 
and the organization fell apart, you know, and people that were really great leaders that don't even have the best technology, let's say, continue to win. And that's because they're driving the team. Teams believe in the mission. They believe in the person, you know, and it's not just the internal teams, everybody outside. And so being a good leader is, is being everything, you know, in an organization. So as you were saying, you were kind of teasing out, but our next episode is going to be even diving even more into leadership with a, uh, a leader of one of the most known organizations in our industry. We'll just leave it at that. Yes. This is true. That was it's a good one. Really good. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. Um, that was great. Luke, thanks again, man. You're awesome. The Insurance Technology Podcast is a production of Ivan's. Visit insuretechpod.com to contact us, suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming show, and subscribe to be notified when our latest podcast is available. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. It's where you can also leave us a rating and a review that helps other people find the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.